Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Blog Talk Radio. A flippin' out radio production. It's real. We've got to be the body to rock it like we're never going to see it again. We are exploding. The world is going to know it. We rock it like you're never going to see us again. Good evening, everyone. It's 10 p.m. and Pure Gold is live on the air first Thursday night, June 23rd, 2011. Man, if you're a sports fan, there is just absolutely nothing on but the 2011 NBA draft. And we will get you caught up with the locals who they drafted and some of my teams, you know, and other people's teams because, let's face it, not everyone's a Nick and Celtics fan. So we'll get you caught up on that. But tonight, it's going to be a little bit about sports entertainment and a little bit about entertainment as we do some I was, you know, our Thursday Smallville view. So welcome once again to the show that covers sports life and everything in between. My name is Joe, Just Business Buccino. And as always, seated in this NBA 2011 draft chair, my tag team partner and co-host. David Gomez, a.k.a. DG, a.k.a. Mr. NBA, sir. How are you doing this evening? I'm okay. Uh, are you following this draft pick by pick? Oh, you know me, sir. You know how much I love the NBA. I've been following it since, uh, you know, when did it start? 9 o'clock, 8 o'clock, 4 o'clock? I have no clue, sir. Um, Interesting uh, pick so far. Some names that I don't recognize, and I'll admit I am definitely not Mr. NBA, sir. Who's on the clock? Well, let me go to the uh, trusty board, and uh, according to what I see here, sir, the world champion, Dallas Mavericks, are going to draft the next Dirk Nowitzki. Oh, excuse me, Nowitzki. Your boys, the Celtics, just drafted Marshawn Brooks. All right. We'll, we'll get you caught up on the locals, like I said. We'll talk about the Celtics pick and, uh, you know, any other teams that we want to just uh, randomly pick because, let's face it, the NBA draft that this year is not, you know, your best class of people coming out. So some of these names, most of these names, I think every single name, DG, is a name that I do not know. <laughs> That's awesome, and since you're the uh, the one who actually follows the NBA out of this uh, pairing, it looks like we're going to have a wonderful uh, talk today about the NBA draft. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll have some experts call in and give us something. But, uh, you know, before we get this puppy on the way, let's uh, give out some contact information, sir. Folks, as always, the call-in number, 714-364-4721. You can check us out at our website, Gold. PG.com, where you can follow us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and all that other stuff. As always, please, we want some feedback. We need your feedback. Folks, we invite you to just bring it. Hey, DG, guess what? Chicken butt. 
<laughs> you forgot to mention one thing. I know we uh, don't usually do it, but um, you know, today we were able to uh, look at a different website for some, uh, you know, PG merchandise. Where can uh, fans find some uh, merchandise for like T-shirts and stuff? Oh, that is absolutely true. Completely forgot about that, sir. You can check out some Pure Gold T-shirts along with some other T-shirts designed by yours truly at Zazzle.com forward slash DRG Design Shop. You can look at our wonderful Pure Gold logo, which of course yours truly did. Um, we have it in a long sleeve, short sleeve, no sleeve, no shirt, tattoo on your chest, whatever you want. We've got it all. Any kind of shirt you want, dark shirt, light shirt, it's pure gold, folks. You really can't go wrong with these things. I mean, I, I was, like, uh, looking at them uh, this afternoon, and, man, I want to get myself a T-shirt. I want to get myself a hoodie. I want to get my wife a shirt, and I want to get my daughter Sabrina a shirt, and I think you should do the same, D.G., I uh, absolutely agree with you, sir, and I'm going to do that for everyone, the whole family, mom, dad, you know, Angel from Woodland Park, Neil from Belleville, everyone, uh, you know, Kevin, our intern who's been MIA, I mean, pretty much everybody, Pyro, the whole world is going to get a pure gold shirt, sir. That's great. I mean, these are easy Christmas gifts, folks, and let's face it, this Saturday is going to be June 25th, only six months away from Christmas, so, you know, it's never too early to start thinking about Christmas shopping, DG. Christmas? Seriously? Are we seriously talking about Christmas in in June? Well, there's nothing on tonight besides the NBA draft. <laughs> well, I mean, the Mets won. That's always that's always a miraculous event when that happens. That's always big news. I mean, I'm sure that the pure gold listening audience is actually going nuts thinking about the New York Mets and another uh, spectacular win. Yeah. And speaking of the Mets, I mean, Jose Reyes continues to have clutch hit after clutch hit. And all, you know, you really hear, you don't even hear the, the, the ball hitting the bat. All you hear is cha-ching, cha-ching. And if I had a soundbite, I'd be playing cha-ching. Yeah, we need, we definitely need to work on the soundbite. So, by the way, sir, uh, the Mavericks selected Jordan Hamilton, a forward out of Texas. Man, these guys are big. They weigh almost as much, they weigh as much as I do, but they're about a foot taller than me. That's amazing. That is amazing. So, I guess the Nets are on the clock now? Yes, the Nets are on the clock right now, and I I have a feeling they're going to pick Michael Jordan there. <laughs> yeah, if he was only available. <laughs> if only. You know, uh, the other day, I think maybe a week or two ago, I was, I was listening to the fan, and they were talking about how the Nets, uh, you know, could have selected, um, what's his face, Kobe Bryant, but instead they got Kerry Kittles. I wonder what Kerry's doing right now. You think he's still cashing those net checks? <laughs> I think he might be next to... Uh, Bobby Bonilla cashing some Mets checks, yeah. yeah. I think they're hanging out with uh, Derek Coleman and Kenny Anderson and, and all those guys and just hanging out thinking about how bad the, the Nets have been over their, uh, the course of their career. I'm sure Evan Roberts over WFN is uh, frothing at the mouth for this pick. But, Joe, uh, you know, tonight we have a couple of things on tap. As you mentioned, we have the NBA draft, which, of course, we're following with bated breath. Uh, aside from that, I'd actually kind of like to go uh, backwards, sir, and I'd like to talk about something that we were actually discussing on uh, on our last show, and I really didn't get into it too much because I hadn't seen it. But at this point, I I would like to get into it. Um, I know that uh, there's there's a good chance that we may have a special guest on this evening, and uh, you know I'm going to get into some some Ike Davis Mets mess. I'm going to pretty much go nuts on that, but that's later on. I know Joe uh, Joe's waiting with bated breath to hear that. 
But uh, I want to talk about Monday Night Raw, and uh, before we get our guest on for the evening, uh, I'd like to talk about the one and only CM Punk. And uh, you know what, Joe? I know you saw his promo, and I know that we discussed it a little bit, but man, what an absolute mind-blowing promo by the one and only CM Punk, who to me, and arguably, is the best talent in the WWE He's just that damn good on the microphone, in the ring. He gets it done like nobody else. And, you know, what really struck me was the fact that Punk told us, he told the world that he was the best wrestler in the world, which absolutely blew my mind because, as you know, Punk, uh, you know, is part of the WWE, which is no longer World Wrestling Entertainment. I'll get to that in a second. But he actually went on the air and called himself a wrestler, not a sports entertainer, not a superstar. That blew my mind. The fact that Punk then went on to say his contract with World Wrestling Entertainment was about to expire. Another no-no by CM Punk. He'll probably be future endeavored on Monday, by the way. He called the company by its former name, Mansion Wrestling, twice in the same promo. And it was just amazing. It blew my mind how good Punk is, how great he is on the microphone, how much charisma he has. And one of my favorite parts as well, sir, was when he uh, gave out a little shout-out to the road dog, Jesse James, when he said the WWE champion of the world. And that, my friend, is what he will be, hopefully, at the Money in the Bank pay-per-view. Any, uh, any thoughts on that, sir, before we, uh, we bring on our special guest for the evening? Well, the great thing about CM Punk, DG, is that um, he just will tell, he'll just tell it like it is. And I don't know if it's because his contract is expiring and he just doesn't give a rat's, you know, beep about what's going on. But the fact that he cut that promo and the way he cut it was just, like, picture perfect. I think he delivered it so good. And, DG, I mean, they don't call it World Wrestling Entertainment anymore. And uh, I'm starting to think that, you know how they have that, that Superstars game for PlayStation? Yes, yes, WWE uh, All-Stars, you mean? Yeah, I'm starting to think that they're trying to make these wrestlers into, like, characters or, you know, the overblown, like, over-the-top, these characters that are, are so fictional, and they're trying to make wrestling into a cartoon now. It seems like, you, you know, it, there's no, you can't call it wrestling, it's a soap opera, but it's almost like a video game to an extent. I mean, John Cena is still the champ, and that's going off on a tangent. I don't even want to talk about that. Let's uh, let's go back to CM Punk. I'm going off on a tangent. We have a guest on the line, but I just want to say that, you know, I'm glad that you picked the CM Punk segment of Raw because I thought that was the only good thing about Raw in a three-hour slot fest that was known as, you know, the people's choice. And I'm sure we could get into that, too, with the guests about how the voting went. So, I mean, yeah, you picked yeah, the best. Definitely, you pe- sir. Sorry, you sir, definitely definitely what amazed me. <laughs> Sorry, sir. I mean, you're going crazy here. What amazed me was the fact that Punk started out and it was the only good part of the show. Then he came out at the end and cut, you know, that promo and everything. Best parts of the show were... A Monday Night Raw that was bookended by CM Punk on the microphone can do no wrong in my end. Everything else sucked. But the fact that he came up, he did the whole Snow Angel thing he was doing to want to be the number one contender. He ended up being the number one contender. I just love Punk. I think he's amazing. I think he's great. And I think there's somebody who will agree with me. And he will be on with us for the first time in quite a long time. Too long, if you ask me. The one and only Pyro Falcon of OnlineOnslaught.com. And Pyro, before you say anything, let me just say that the Nets picked Jawan Johnson, a six foot ten forward from Purdue, Purdue Chicken. Uh, Pyro, how are you doing, sir? 
I'm doing all right. Um, hopefully you can hear me. This will be a little bit of an experiment because I'm working with my new phone. So if I randomly uh, get disconnected, I promise I'll call back. <laughs> well, that's always a plus. Uh, so, Pyro, give us your take about what we just discussed. I know you saw Raw. I know you swapped it up for those three hours. Uh, what did you think of uh, the one and only CM Punk? Um, I completely 100% agree with you, which, uh, by the way, for all of your listeners, actually doesn't happen as often as you might think. DG and I usually agree <laughs> about 99% of the way, but we usually don't see totally eye-to-eye on things. But as far as CM Punk goes, yeah, I mean, to- he – he is the total package. Everything on Raw that involved him was good. Um, I thought his match was good. His match was, you know, the only good part of the show, uh, only good match of the show. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he's, you know, I used to not like him as much. Actually, when when he was a face and when he had just started with WWE, when he first won both Money in the Banks back-to-back, um, I thought he was good as a wrestler, but I wasn't really sold on him. And... Um, uh, <laughs> Sorry, just got a message. Um, I, I wasn't sold on him, but ever since he's turned heel and ever since he's uh, really started speaking, you know, the thoughts that most of the hardcore fans have, you know, it, that right there just makes him awesome, you know, because he is yeah. saying all the things that we think. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I just think it, it's amazing. Were you surprised that he was able to get away with the whole uh, calling himself a wrestler, which, of course, we know is a four-letter word in the WWE, and wrestling uh, World Wrestling Entertainment? Yes and no. Um, I think Punk's to the point where he's earned it. I mean, I was surprised he said it, yes, but I'm not going to be surprised if there's no repercussions. I'm not going to be surprised that he's one of the few who actually can. You know, he he's earned it, and especially if his contract is coming up, if he does uh, decide to leave, which I haven't heard one way or another, and I assume he won't, but if he does decide to leave, you know, he, he's got a job with any – wrestling organization in the entire world that he wants. He probably has enough money that he doesn't need one anyway. And, you know, it, he, he's come to the point where uh, I have a very non-PG way to describe it, but basically it's, it's uh, you know, the screw you attitude to the company because, you know, who cares? Yeah. Now, does, does CM Punk Pyro become the next victim for John Cena as John Cena becomes and stays champion all the way till next WrestleMania, is he just the next victim for John Cena? Maybe, or he might get it after all. Um, you, you, I unfortunately missed the show uh, two days ago, so you may have talked about this, but one reason um, Cena has been in these uh, six-man tag matches and these triple threats and you know all this stuff where his flaws can be hidden is because he's hurting right now. They're thinking about um, giving him some time off at some point. And if the upshot of that is that Punk gets to carry the title, you know, that's even better. Um, And they'll they'll probably want to keep Cena healthy because they don't want him hurt or anything less than 100% when he goes against The Rock next year because, you know, that that match will put butts in the seats faster than anything else WWE can do. So um, I, I guess if Cena is healthier than some reports seem to indicate he is or if he's going to tough it out or whatever, then, yeah, probably Punk is just going to be another victim. But if Cena's hurt and they need someone to carry the ball for a bit and Cena's going to be shunted to the background or just off TV for a while, there's no one better right now than Punk to do it. And he is such a great heel that he could be put against any other main eventer on the roster, well, anyone else on the roster, and make it work really well. Yeah, that's the one thing that Punk has always been great at. And, uh, folks, before we continue with this, it looks like the – 
the Nets actually got Marshawn Brooks, the 25th pick from the Celtics. So it uh, looks like the trades are flying fast and furious. See, I wish the WWE draft was like this, where people were actually getting drafted, and whether it was uh, you know, the, the minor league guys getting drafted up, and you know they were hyped up, as, as one person mentioned. I wish the draft actually had some type of meaning where people who were fans could follow it, as opposed to Randy goes to SmackDown, then comes back to Raw, then goes to NXT, then ends up you know in TNA. Um, speaking of Randy, your, your favorite wrestler, give us your thoughts on this whole... Randy Orton Christian feud the way that it's progressed and the fact that I don't know if you know uh, about Smackdown but apparently Christian is again fighting Randy at the next pay-per-view because he won another number one contender shot since he got screwed at the last pay-per-view um, any thoughts on that sir? Well I, I'm kind of torn because I like Christian I like seeing him in this spot but I think they dropped the ball um, sort of on purpose with him uh, what they could have done because when Christian was playing the tweener, when he first started turning and he said, you know, it was unfair of, the, of Teddy Long to put me against Orton five days after the thing, blah, blah, blah. You know, he actually had a lot of people on his side. And he had to pull out the cheapest of cheap heat in order to get people to turn against him, which is, you know, I don't care what any anybody thinks anymore, you all suck. You know, that's the only way we were able to boo him. It would have been a much yeah. more interesting story with WWE if Christian was basically allowed to tell the truth and if Orton actually came off being a face a little bit, you know, rather than this extreme face versus extreme heel, you get two tweeners against each other. And, you know, that was what I, I know in every phone call I make to you guys, I always go back to the attitude era, but um, that's what made the attitude era great that everybody was a shade of gray. Austin was, you know, not, you know, he was an anti-hero Vince was evil, but, you know, he supposedly had his own values he believed in. Everybody was the shade of gray, and it made it more interesting. With this, you know, they could have had the, – the story wrote itself to be a shade of gray. You know, with Christian saying – he, I mean, Christian could have t- taken it where he said, you know, the establishment wants Orton to win. Orton's the pretty boy, but this is my time. I've worked hard for 17 years. And, no, you know, he probably would have still been um, – well, I mean, Orton would have been cheered over him, but Christian would have been more interesting. And, again, it appeals to us hardcore fans about what we really want to see. And I don't know. It, it, it could have been handled better. Um, as far as match quality goes, I have to admit I didn't see their match at uh, Capital Punishment, but I heard it was pretty decent. Um, was it that one or the one before? One of their matches on pay-per-view was pretty decent. So, I don't know, maybe they're just riding that wave. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree well, with that. Sorry, go, Joe. I was going to say that the, this this feud cannot be credible if Orton always gets the upper hand. I mean, they're trying to create Christian, but they've made him a heel now, and I think that the only way this feud can carry on, I mean, you can't have Orton win every single time, and now Christian gets another rematch at the next pay-per-view. I think it's time for you know Christian to take that strap off of him, and he'll go to extreme measures to do it, and it'll take that title off of him, and maybe Orton recaptures it at SummerSlam or sometime. But, um, you know, it's time for Christian to now, you know, put him over again and give him that title one more time. That's true. If he loses again, I mean, I hate to say it, but he, he really should just go to the back of the line because if he loses – see, I'm trying to think. What, if he loses this upcoming one, what, what will that be, three in a row? Three in a row. I think I that'll be think three. Two in a row. Yeah. Three, 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 three I, I think... in a row. I think it might be two, only because it seems like this whole feud with with Randy and Christian has been going on for so long. It's possible. No, no, it is three. It would be three because I forgot about over the limit. 
There's over the limit capital punishment. This third pay per view money in the bank. The problem here, and okay. I agree with what you said before, Pyro, about um, you know this whole feud getting a tiny bit stale. I mean, I like it just because Christian's in the main event. But I agree with Joe. He can't keep losing. And the fact of the matter is that once Edge retired, I thought, man, there's no way to turn um, to turn Christian heel. The same way that I thought when Eddie died, there'd be no way to turn to turn Chavo heel. But of course, that didn't pan out. And like you said, the cheapest of cheap heat. I hate the fans. You all suck. That's the only way to get fans to boo him. And I agree with you also that it, it would have been cool to have the two of them as tweeners, Orton and, and Christian. And you know what? Christian needs to win this pay-per-view. He's got to win to make this pay-per-view. Uh, what will probably happen, and if the WWE really wanted to screw with the fans, what they should do is book Christian to win. And since it's money in the bank, have him lose it five minutes later at that pay-per-view just to hose everybody and make his second title reign even shorter than his first one. You know, that's fantastic. That, that's a great idea because that would uh, increase, um, you know, his his depth. I mean, that would give him more of an excuse that um, everything just sucks so bad for him and the only reason he loses <laughs> his title is because of bad luck and the fans suck. You know, that would actually work pretty well. And then you would also get a new champion who isn't Orton to actually hold the belt for a little bit. So that's that's a darn good idea. I mean, you put but Orton involved was- in and make it triple threats and all sorts of nonsense. Yeah. To, and then they can keep, keep him going. in the main event. But, yeah, but the yeah. thing with that, though, is that if, if Punk does win at the pay-per-view, for example, then they're probably going to have somebody do that, take take the title off him. Then again, there are two Money in the Bank title matches, so it would be interesting to see both of them cast in the same night and have the two guys who we want to see as champion both get hosed because, as we both know, as the three of us know, that's what WWE does best. Yeah, Definitely. But, um, you know, there's, just, there's a, lot, a lot of things going on in the world of wrestling. But, uh, you know, let me ask you this, and this is a total out-of-left-field type of thing. But um, we had the issue, you know, I was talking to Joe about this. We had the issue with the voting on Monday for the People's Choice with uh, Sin Cara and, and uh, Evan Bourne not getting the match that we were supposed to get because apparently 90% of the fans actually voted for Sin Cara, but it ended up being Mason Ryan, who was the same choice as Kelly Kelly, who won the previous match and the Divas title and everything. Any thoughts on that? Like, why would the WWE admit to us that the, that there was a mistake? Why not just, uh, you know, play it off, act like nothing happened? I mean, I love the fact that we're going to get an amazing, high-flying, you know, spot fest of a match, because you know those two can really go. But uh, why? I'm surprised at WWE. I wonder if this is their attempt of, like, you see, we're giving you what you really want. We messed up, and we're still giving you what you want. Yeah, I suppose... Um... I don't know. It, it seems the classic thing to do to actually admit that they screwed up, although, you know, WWE is not exactly known for its classiness. But I suppose that if, uh, um, I mean, I mean, it was sort of obvious something was going on because, you know, no no one in anywhere was uh, more surprised than me that Mason Ryan won that the, out of those three at all. And maybe they realized that someone was going to, spill the beans and they wanted to break it first so they looked better. I don't know. But um, actually what amazes me more than that screw-up was the main event screw-up because um, if you read their press release about it, they mentioned that the text messages or you know however it was being tabulated was so messed up for the main event that they just totally ignored the text messages and then looked at whatever else they were doing, their chat room or Facebook or Twitter or whatever, however else they were doing it. Um to me, what was more shocking about the whole situation is rather than any individual vote being screwed up, um, was that WWE consistently 
um, I don't want to say underestimates, just it messes up its own estimation of its audience. I mean, for first they, you know, for for the uh, for Monday they didn't have enough hardware or software or whatever else you know they were doing to cover all the votes. They've uh, they were surprised when um, Christian lost the belt and the fans got upset about it. You know, they just they seem so out of touch with the fans. It's just amazing, and I, I don't know. I, I don't think I can describe it any or any better than that without using some four-letter words. <laughs> it's definitely a match that you know I can't wait to see between uh, Sinkara and and Evan because I think those that would be a great match. But you know my ultimate match, which is rumored to be at next year's WrestleMania, you know Sinkara against Rey Mysterio. I mean I'd love to see that, but um, there's just you know you know hardware, software, whatever got screwed up. I think Pyro DG. I think uh, I mentioned it on Tuesday that. It seems like the WWE is kind of desperate these days to have three raw gimmicks in a row. Like they had the, you know, the um, the All Stars uh, two weeks ago, and then this past week was the People's Choice, and next week is going to be Raw Roulette. I mean, it seems like Raw or WWE is kind of desperate for some either ratings. It must be Sweeps Month or something where they're trying to create some kind of like stir and get people to start watching it because. When have you ever seen the WWE do three gimmick Raws in a row? Um, probably not since Vince Russo actually had his fingers uh, among the writers. Yeah, uh, they're, they're desperate because they know that they're suffering, and stunt booking consistently has gotten them better ratings, whether it's because someone else is there, you know, like if Austin or Rock guest hosting. Yeah. I don't know. I, they they are desperate, and but they they – they're going about it all the wrong way. They need to fix the core product and the core problems, and then everything else will take care of itself. Wait, the core? They don't get Did it. Did you just say the core? <laughs> uh, no, 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 the core problems. The core oh, okay. themselves was a core problem, but luckily they're gone now, and it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> they became rotten. <laughs> exactly. Um, That's good. You know, Pyro, um, another feud that to me makes no sense, and I, I guess I follow typical wrestling logic. Whenever a face or a heel gets over on one or the other uh, week after week after week, you feel, you you figure that the heel or the face would then win at that pay-per-view or at the next match whenever they have it. And it seems like Alex Riley has gotten the better of the Miz week in and week out and then also beats him at the, the last pay-per-view, Capital Punishment, there's just there's a ways to book Alex Riley. If you think this guy is going to be the next um, main eventer or whatever he's going to be, there's different ways you could do that without destroying the character or or the just the whole persona of the Miz. I mean, this guy is like you know, did he shoot Mr. Man's dog? Because I mean, he <laughs> he's in the he, he's in the doghouse right now too, and I don't I don't understand it. Yeah. Um, I'll have to respectfully disagree with you on that, but I, I really don't think Miz is um, suffering too badly from this. Yes, he is losing a lot, um, but I, I don't know. I don't see Alex's streak continuing much longer. Um, you know, Miz is too good of the mastermind type deal. Uh, I just, I, I think Miz, whoa, I think Miz is going to get back into it pretty soon, maybe even as soon as this next pay-per-view. Um if it goes beyond this pay-per-view where he's still getting, you know, completely destroyed, then then maybe we'll have something. But 
you know, so far with Alex, he hasn't shown that much in the ring. He's a great talker. He's got great charisma. They've handled the storyline great. But in the ring, he's still fairly generic. He's punchy-kicky, and, you know, he's, he's not very flashy. He doesn't have anything special going for him. So unless he improves very quickly, you know, they're going to put Miz back over him and, you know, shunt Alex back to the mid-card or something. But see, oh wait, wait a second, I don't understand how you could think that this isn't po- how it's possible. This isn't affecting the Miz. The Miz has lost week after week after week after week. He's been he's been humiliated, embarrassed, abused. He lost to Alex Riley, who, uh, to my recollection, never even had a pay per view match. This guy was a WWE champ a month ago or two months ago, and now here he is jobbing to his understudy, man secretary, man slave, whatever you want to call it. I mean, I just I don't see how how anyone could think that it's not affecting him because the guy hasn't done anything. He, he literally went from the WWE title feud to getting jobbed out like four weeks in a row to the same guy. No offense, no no one-upsmanship, nothing, just losing like week after week. And to me, it, it's definitely a downgrade. I mean, I'm not saying that he's going to get fired. It possibly maybe definitely. But I, I just don't understand how, you know, all this works. And, I mean, to me, it's typical WWE logic because it kind of goes back to, you know, Michael Cole, how, you know, now all of a sudden Michael Cole is back to normal, and, you know, he's still the Miz's, like, secret lover, but, you know, they just kind of go back and forth on it. So I don't, I really don't agree with, with that assessment. I don't understand, you know, the, the logic behind saying that it's, it's not affecting him. Well, I understand. Um, I, I'm just thinking beyond this pay-per-view, the, the up, what is the next one, Money in the Bank? Uh, I'm sorry, I'm kind of messed yeah, up. Yeah, Money in the Bank. Um, uh, beyond Money in the Bank, if he's still playing with Alex, then we've got a problem. But I think up to Money in the Bank, he's still okay. He's not bulletproof, but uh, and maybe his credibility's gone down a little bit, but I don't know. Me, personally, I tend to have a lot of patience for uh, character turns and all that, and I know I, I have more patience than the average fan. Um, when things start going really badly, I tend to have more of a wait-and-see attitude than most of the IWC. But uh, I don't know. I, I think he's still okay for now. Once Money in the Bank is over with, you know, like, like if Miz is still taking on Alex Riley for something during SummerSlam, then we've got a problem. But until then, I think he'll be all right. And it all depends, again, to me, uh, on what Cena's plan is with the company and whether he's hurt, because if Cena goes down, whether Punk has the title or not, you know, you're going to need some main eventers, and Alex certainly isn't ready for that. So, you know, Miz will probably be in the title hunt again soon. Pyro, let's get it straight. It's not SummerSlam anymore. It's Summerfest. Minus points for you. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Right. I mean, the whole, I mean, the WWE is all over the place, and I don't think they give a rat's beep about it because uh, they continue to just do what they want to do, it seems. And perfect example, I'll just close it out with this, is that um, somebody like an Albert Del Rio, as I call him, um, could easily be on SmackDown and be feuding against Randy Orton after Christian gets his whatever push. If he doesn't win the title at this pay-per-view, then you could just forget about it. And then there's just nobody lined up for uh, for SmackDown. I mean, you got Punk feuding with, with uh, you know, Cena on Raw, and that could be could last a couple months if Cena's healthy. But somebody like, you know, Albert Del Rio is just so underutilized, I feel. I mean, he comes out in a new car every week, and he, he cuts these promos, whatever, whatever. But I, I think he could have been just left on SmackDown, Pyro, and, uh, you know, that would have been an interesting feud between him and Randy Orton. 
Yeah, that would be pretty good. I mean, um, anybody against Orton is, well, I wouldn't say good, but, you know, at least uh-huh. it would be different than Christian. I don't know. You never know. Um, and have they even announced who's in the Money in the Bank matches yet? Because, you know, if we don't even know that, then you know, you never know, um, you know, who's going to come out on top and if anyone's going to change brands or whatever nonsense they're going to do. Um I don't know. I to me, the way WWE is at the moment, I think that they've got an opportunity to have a decent reset after Money in the Bank. I don't think they're going to, and I think it's going to be the same old Drek. But you know, I have to try to be optimistic. Right. <laughs> yeah. Let, let's try. Let's uh, let's just definitely try to be optimistic when it comes to all that. But Pyro, as always, we appreciate you coming on for another on fire with Pyro segment. Segment. It's been a while. But, uh, sir, hopefully we'll hear from you soon. And hopefully, you know, maybe we can get into some other type of wrestling. I mean, maybe talk about Ring of Honor, talk about something else. I mean, we obviously can't talk about TNA, but, you know, maybe at some point in the future we'll actually talk about something positive that we like about wrestling as opposed to how much we hate the WWE. Hopefully. And, uh, you know, actually, now that you mentioned TNA, just wanted to get this thought out real quick. Uh, just talking to Joe, Joe just a minute ago made me think about it. WWE and TNA are suffering from the same problem. You're right that they don't care what the fans want. They only want to worry about how to get as much money uh, from the company as possible, you know. Ever since Hogan and Bischoff took over TNA, that's all they're worried about, how to get money. The problem is it's too much about the cash, not enough about, you know, the product. But I'm sure uh, we could complain about corporate America and all that nonsense as much as, uh, you know, whether we're talking WWE or anything else. Yeah, I, I agree with that, Sarah, and hopefully, like I said, you know, it'll, like you said, we'll be able to talk about some positives. But as always, a pleasure, Pyro. We thank you for your opinions, and uh, hopefully we'll talk to you soon. Yep, take care, guys, and I'm going to buy a shirt as soon as I hang up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do that. <laughs> All right, Pyro, have a good Remember, Zazzle.com forward slash DRG Design Shop. For those of you fans out there who want to buy a shirt, thanks, Pyro. We appreciate it. See you, guys. Folks, that was one and only Pyro Falcon from OnlineOnslaught.com, and we go from that to uh, something a little bit different. We have the one and only, the man, the myth, the legend, the food machine himself, Todd Johnstone, a.k.a. TJ, a.k.a. Rex Ryan's biggest fan. How you doing, sir? I'm doing fantastic. How are you guys doing tonight? Doing wonderful. Good. Listen, you're going to talk about the NBA draft. I know how big of a basketball fan you are. I I actually have it on my scorecard for tonight. I do have awesome. it on there. I do. So let's start off. Major League Baseball. Kind of a slow day in the bigs today. <laughs> only only uh, only five games today. But <laughs> the Mets managed to win another one versus the A's 4-1. to one, And this time they actually won it with bats hitting balls instead of balls hitting players. The Giants <laughs> beat the Twins 2-1. to one. Mariners fall to the Nats, uh, one to nothing. Phillies are leading the Cards. Or Phillies are losing to the Cards right now, one to six, as they head to the eighth inning. The D-backs are leading the Royals, five to three, in the bottom of the ninth. In the NHL, I actually have some good news for you, Joe. The Isles have got a new stadium coming. How about that? Oh, really? So on behalf, on, yes, they do. And on behalf of Joe Pacino, I would like to personally thank the overburdened taxpayers of Long Island for their contribution to the new stadium. Thank you very much. Wait, Todd, uh, uh, where is the stadium going to be? Do you have any clue? Does it matter? <laughs> Todd, uh, thank you, sir. <laughs> it'll, it'll be in Long Island. 
somewhere. So nobody will, wow. nobody will still nobody will still continue to go. The NBA draft tonight, and the Cavs had the first pick. Not that that's going to help them at all. And uh, tennis, hey, Wimbledon, it's on grass. DJ? <laughs> wow, yeah, thanks. I, I think that the uh, I think that the, Caver- the Cavaliers actually uh, drafted Michael Jordan. I'm not really sure, but, you know, since LeBron is gone, he's an extraordinary. They had to get another LeBron. Um, but anyway, Todd, take it away, sir, with Todd's take. Brought to you by the NBA draft. <laughs> and Wimbledon. I wouldn't cash. It's on glass. I wouldn't cash, I wouldn't cash either of those checks. All right, so once again, it is it is Thursday night, and for the new listeners, that it means is. that it's time for an NFL offseason update. Yes. So let's get right into it. The owners' oh meetings in Chicago earlier this week were cut short. You know, as the NFL owners' group seemed to unanimously agree on a new offer they would submit to the PA or whatever it is they're calling themselves now. So the latest offer, as reported by one insider familiar with the deal, includes the following, a 48% player uh, revenue share. That's that's pretty huge. I mean, the, the, the thinking behind it is that the, the revenue overall is going to grow so much within the next five years that they feel that that is a very fair split. And I have to say, I think that that's a pretty fair deal. I say go with it. Uh, an 18-game regular season is still on the table. I wouldn't hold my breath on that one. A rookie wage scale is going to be put in place. I think that's a good thing, too. Improved benefits for retired players and a CBA that would last until 2021. Now, that's a pretty big deal right there, a 10-year-long CBA. Kind of like that one. Personally, I don't see how the PA can say uh, can say no to this. I mean, like I said, perhaps the 18-game season may be a sticking point. But nonetheless, you know, Roger took the deal to Boston, to the PA, or whatever it is they're calling themselves now, on Wednesday. And uh, with the conclusion of today's talks, there is a general feeling of positive momentum. You know, So what's new other than that? I mean, really nothing. ESPN is reporting that Roger Goodell is starting to look rather anxious, maybe even nervous. Me? I still feel the same. The only thing that really concerns me is the free agency rules under the new CBA, and when will it begin? I mean, the rules concern me because we have wideouts to sign, and we need to get this done soon. Oh, yeah, and again, for the new listeners, I bleed Kelly Green and White, for those of you who didn't know, but again. After the Rivas situation last year, I still feel the same as I did now as I did then. The CBA will get done. There will be NFL football in 2011. Of this, I'm absolutely certain. The owners and the players alike have $9.3 billion, that's billion with a B, reasons to uh, cut the crap and get to camp. But, of course, in June, all this is still very easily taken. I'm Todd Johnstone. J.D.? I, TJ, I thought you were going to say this was the perfect way to end your your take. I, I'd like to take tonight, but you could have said it'll be also interesting to see in a week or two who the Jets will have taken into the free agency market. Ah, yes. Who will the Jets <laughs> pick up? Will they pick up a Plaxico Barres? Who will they get in the supplemental draft? These questions and more next Thursday. <laughs> nice. And uh, <laughs> TJ, did you did you check out the website uh, that I sent you for T-shirts? I most certainly did. And what do you think? Say, I'm, rather t- I'm rather torn as to what size to buy. Should I buy oh. the fat guy shirt 
or should I buy the bulging muscle version me shirt? I don't know well, which one to buy. Just make sure that you buy a shirt that's going to fit you, considering all the crap that you intake into that into that uh, ungodly body of yours. Uh, you know, with all of the uh, updates and tweets and things, you better make sure that you have a shirt that'll fit that slop fest of a diet of yours. Nice, nice. <laughs> Todd's quitting. You know what, Todd? You should just buy all the shirts, sir. We Definitely expect nothing obviously. less of you. We expect your next paycheck from wherever it is that you work to go to the PG fund, sir. Oh, definitely, obviously. <laughs> maybe. Obviously, maybe. <laughs> Todd, have a good one, sir. Good night, guys. Good night, Todd. JB? Folk? Yep, folks, that was Todd's take, and that was brought to you by, you guessed it, folks, DRG Designs, because they are associated with Dazzle.com that has, you know, your pure gold merchandise Wait, Joe. Logo? Yeah. Joe, you know it's yeah. Zazzle, right? Oh, Zazzle. Did I say Dazzle? Yeah. No, Z- Zazzle. Z-A-Z-Z-L-E. <laughs> Make sure you send the fans to the right website or else they're going to be going buying other stuff. I don't know what the hell Dazzle.com is, but they're going to go buy other crap instead of buying the pure gold shirts, sir. Right. But either way, it's it's brought to you by DRG Designs, which is also affiliated with that website. Need a company logo? How about a flyer for your next big event? You have an idea? Well, we can make it a reality. For your graphic design needs, call DRG Designs at 973-588-7572. Once again, it's 973-588-7572. When you call, please mention Pure Gold. And DG, give me an update on the NBA draft. Well, sir, unfortunately, I am actually nowhere near my computer, so there's actually (laughs) no way for me to be able to give you that update. But as we speak... I'm moving in the general direction of my computer. <laughs> yeah, the Nets are the, the Nets are picked about a hundred times in this first round, and I can't even follow the draft to be quite honest, because there's so many different trades and things like that going on. You but um, yes, yeah, sir, go, go, sir, go. You know, we tried to get Evan Roberts on, you know, my best man at my wedding on tonight, but he was just too busy because he said he needed to watch this draft pick by pick. And he, like, he scores every baseball game. He was going to score the NBA draft tonight, so he couldn't come on tonight. Just wanted to throw it out there. Yeah, well, Evan has uh, Evan has disappointed us time and time again, so let's not even get into that. But right okay. now the Nets are on the clock, sir. And apparently the Nets have been making trades left and right. I don't know who they got, who they picked. I mean, the, the board says one thing, but guys are going, you know, moving left and right. So we'll kind of see where that goes. Um you know, as we uh, as we wait for our, our next guest to call in, you know, we're going to get into a different spot. Um, Joe, it's like I said when Pyro was on, I just find it fascinating that these drafts, this is a WWE draft, for example, is just a, a complete mess. And then the NBA draft is, you know, it's interesting. The NFL draft is interesting. The Major League Baseball draft, of course, nobody cares about because, you know, half those guys never make it. The best players usually end up being like the 47,000th pick in the draft and like the 185th round on the fifth day. But, um, you know, it's exciting at least when, when there's drafts and things going on because as a fan, regardless of who you root for, you always hope with a, a draft comes hope that things will get better. Unlike a military draft, this is the kind of draft that people really look forward to depending on the team and whatever you know, whatever pick that you have. But it's exciting because if your team's bad, you get a high pick, so you're hoping that and praying that you can get somebody to make a difference in your franchise, sir. Well, the good news is that the Nets, your New Jersey Nets picked Jordan, so you will have Jordan on your team this year. I am not a New Jersey Nets fan. Well, I mean, I don't mind the Nets, but I'm definitely not a Nets fan. 
Um, let's see. Wait, which Jordan did they pick? Oh, Jordan Williams, a six foot ten forward out of Maryland. That's a Boomer Sison school, sir, is it not? Yeah, the Terrapins. They won the title like maybe ten years ago. So uh, that is Boomer Sison's school. You're right about that. <laughs> Apparently, uh, the Wizards selected uh, the brother of former WWE superstar Rodney Mack with uh, Shelvin Mack, possibly related to Shelton Benjamin, also. We're not really sure about that, sir. And I wonder if the Kings pick Tyler Honeycutt is in any way related to former Major League Baseball pitcher Rick Honeycutt. Rick. Any uh, yeah. any news on that, sir? Yeah, I think he is related to him. It's his second cousin, third roommate's fourth aunt, something like that. Okay, well, <laughs> the fact that he's a woman just amazes me. Um, but, JB, let's talk about something else, sir. Let's talk about the New York Metropolitans. And can somebody please explain to me? Out of your home. Can somebody <laughs> please explain to me, sir, how is it that this team continually botches up their diagnoses for injuries? How is it that Ike Davis is probably out for the year when he went out with something that seemed to be such a simple injury, a simple, you know, basically twisting of a ankle? He went from. Days became weeks, which have turned into months, which will probably turn into the rest of the year. Explain to me, sir, how it's possible. I was at lunch today. I was upset. I was furious. I was foaming at the mouth. What in the hell? How is it that this team, this team that you and I like for whatever reason, they always get everything wrong? The Mets' dignity is taken. Their their livelihood is taken. You thought you had some sort of tiny glimmer of hope for the Mets? Apparently David Wright is resumed to clear. Uh, he's cleared to resume baseball activities, but he'll be out for the rest of the year in another week. How is it possible that this always happens to the Mets, sir? This team, no matter who gets diagnosed with what, you always assume, you always think, you always figure that something is going to go wrong, and something always does go wrong. How is it that the New York Mets are not able to just get these diagnoses right, get things the way that they're supposed to, and actually, you know, make a change, make a difference? And you know what? We thought that this year was going to be different than last year. We thought that this year was going to be a, a new regime, and it has been. Terry Collins has been a good manager, but the old injuries stay the same. When Pagan went down earlier in the year, I fully expected him to come back in September. And, you know, we talked about Johan Santana, maybe June, maybe July. He hasn't even pitched yet at all. And the probability of him coming back anytime before September is, is even a, the faintest of faint. So explain that to me, sir. How the hell... Is it possible that the Mets always, the guys get injured, they never come back healthy, They just their injuries go from one thing to another to another, and they just keep getting progressively worse? You, you can't even say it's perception that the Mets seem to always get injured and, and never come back because there's a laundry list, there's a website, which I'm not going to name, but there's a website out there that, that gives you a list of all the Mets injuries, uh, pretty much their franchise of history, you know, all their, their players that got hurt from Pedro Martinez of not coming back on time to an injury, all the way up to, like, Ike Davis not coming back from this injury. So, DG, I mean, uh, you don't believe in jinxes, but, I mean, how can you not when you look at this uh, this freak play that, you know, basically Dare Wright and Ike Davis collided on a pop-up, and it seemed like nothing, you know, nothing out of the ordinary when they hit each other. I mean, and this guy now might need some microsurgery, just like Carlos Beltran did. I yeah, microfracture surgery. Microfracture surgery. I mean, that right there tells me that they're jinxed, and I know you don't want to believe it, but I mean, 
time and time again their injuries and you said that you even said that they turned over the you know their their general manager and their manager and this still happened so i mean and i think the mets if i'm not mistaken last year fired their entire medical staff i think as well i mean it's just uh, what else can you say other than it's the mets <laughs> honestly sir I, I just don't know i don't know what in the world how it's possible how it is that the new york metropolitans the, the, our our Metsies always get things wrong. The, the medical staff has the amazing ability of of just diagnosing things and saying, you know, this is going to happen, that's going to happen, this is going to happen, and, and it, it never, ever, ever works out. It never seems to work out for us. It seems that this team is, is jinxed, like you said. I just don't get it. I don't understand how, you know, these guys go, what seems to be a day-to-day thing ended up being months, and it could possibly end up for the rest of the, the season. You know, I just... Sir, I don't understand it. I don't get it. I, I really, you got to explain it to me, sir. There has to be some way where we can find out what in the blue hell is going on with the New York Mets. Why does this never happen to any other team? Why is it that it's only, it's only the Mets, sir? And speaking of, uh, you know, the world's biggest, uh, the world's biggest Mets fan, I'd like to uh, take our, our caller. We have uh, Kenny calling in, one of our uh, first time, long times. Kenny, how you doing, sir? Um, I'm not doing too well. I'm over here at the Iron Triangle at the New York Mets uh, health facility right here. I, I've got some guy that, you know, that pulls transmissions working on my leg. Uh, you want to talk to Ike? Uh, Ike Davis is here, too. He, he's getting uh, his, uh, his foot examined, too. Good God Kenny, almighty. What? Explain to us, Kenny, please. You're, you're, you're a man about town. How the hell is it that the Mets get injured? These guys, that they, they somehow, someway, miraculously... Their injuries are, are are never serious when when the medical staff explains it or when you hear about it, and then it ends up becoming season-ending injuries. I mean, you, you know, the list goes on and on. Look at Bay and his concussion last year. Look at look at uh, David right now. Look at Ike Davis. Look at Jose Reyes last year. Look at Carlos Beltran. Explain it to me, sir. I mean, I mean, we can go back to when when Jose Reyes kept getting injured in in way back when he started off. It it just it baffles the mind that these people went to medical school for six, seven, eight years and are licensed to treat people. Do, do, you, do you see what's wrong here? Kenny, you think there's any possibility? Kenny, you think there's any possibility that Mets are getting veterinarians to look at their players? No, no, then they'd be fine. No, then they asked it, then you know everything would be fine. I mean, I think veterinarians are more competent than these guys. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that these doctors don't even have last names. Like, like, like the head doctor, his name is Sal. There's a fat guy named Sal from Yonkers. He probably calls up the, the, the fan. Uh, he's probably listening right now. I don't know. It, it just does, it baffles the mind. Where is the the, the training staff? Where, where where are their offices located? Like, I really think it's located in the Iron Triangle, right there next to the junkyards. Kenny, you think it's possible? You think it's possible that, or, or maybe not possible, probable? Should the Mets go to other teams? Should they just fire everybody and then go to the Yankee doctors and just go to other teams' doctors because their doctors don't seem to have any clue what the hell they're doing? No, nah, because then those doctors would be corrupted too, and then it's just it's, it's, it's a <laughs> scheme of of medical. I, I got it. Jeff Wilpon is the head doctor. Oh God, it makes sense now. It makes, <laughs> makes perfect sense. You know, Kenny, it makes I don't perfect think, sense. 
I don't. I don't think we could talk about injuries all the time because I. I mean, DG doesn't believe in jinxes, but I think they've been jinxed for a while now. But let me ask you this: um, the Mets are, have financial problems. They got Ken Einhorn as their, you know, David minority. Einhorn. Would you stop calling him Ken? It's David. You freak. Oh, right, Ken Einhorn. Right. I like Ken Einhorn. Though. Yes, and Basil. dot com too. <laughs> but um. <laughs> You know, I, I went on that. I went on this. I went on that Dazzle.com. It takes me to Pinnacle's website. So I don't. I don't know. Is that a like incognito sponsor or something? I don't know. Anyway, continue. Yeah, but my my question to you is, I mean, in a in a year that you know they the Mets have been pretty decent, and the you know Jose Reyes is a free agent at the end of this year. Do you think? I mean, I, I'm starting to really believe that this guy, you should build your franchise around him, and obviously not David Wright. I mean, do you, don't obviously. you think that? Don't you think of all the Mets free agents that are going to uh, need to be re-signed, don't you think that Jose Reyes might be the only person that you do bring back to this team and build around? Well, yeah, but, I mean, if the money's not, if the money, will the money be there? That's the thing. I mean, sure, this guy gave uh, $200 million to the, um, to the, uh, to these criminals over here in the front office, but, you know, I mean, yeah, uh, yeah, the, the coupons, the war ponzies. Um, what are, yeah, the war ponds. <laughs> I mean, and another thing, I mean, how can you trust a guy whose full first name and last name is less than ten letters? Saul Katz? Come on, come on. The guy's name is eight letters. His full name is eight letters. Wait, coming from a guy whose full name is ten letters, uh, you know, that, that baffles my mind that you would even bring that up, sir. Oh yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. Well, well my, mine is ten exactly. That's the that's you know, that's the the starting point of legitimacy. Now, yeah, yeah. I mean, I even I, I don't even think Saul Katz is Jewish. I mean, I mean, Let's talk about this, Kenny. Let, let's talk about you know Judaism and, and all that stuff. But but I mean, Kenny, you know, you as a Red Sox slash Mets slash Braves fan from 1996. I mean, are the Mets ever going to turn around? Is this team ever going to know what the hell they're doing? Mm, uh, yeah, I think they will turn around. I mean, the, th- the, th- the thing, I mean, I'm looking at it like like none of the guys really that we have are really, you know, the kind of players that should play at a stadium like City Field or as some people, I can't even say what they call it, okay, but uh, we kind of figuring it out. But, you know, Reyes is, it's the kind of player, you know, the you know, the gap hits all ways, all, all fields, you know, doubles, triples. He he's perfect for the part. But now, what else can we add to it? I mean, what kind of players can we add to complement Reyes? You know, I mean, you know, players don't get hurt and then have to go up and see the doctor. You know, <laughs> I'm telling you, the Mets need to see other medical staff, other people. I don't know what the case is. I, I think but, I think um, the Mets need to see like like like. Licensed doctors, not like Doctor Nick Riviera from The Simpsons. He's probably the the, the, the the team physician. Hello, everybody. Yeah, I'm sure somebody. Hi, everybody. Hi, Doctor Nick. Yeah. You know, maybe Borat is their doctor. I mean, you know. Oh, uh, Lou, he's a very nice. But but you know it's. It, it, it's possible, but but Kenny, um, you know, as we uh, as we're ready to to wrap up the show because it's starting to get late. I don't know what happened to our other guest. Apparently, he disappeared. You think there's there's any chance that uh, you know Ken Einhorn, David Einhorn, whatever he is, do you think he's going to be the owner of this team? Uh, you know, with the majority interest in a couple of years, I can't see the the coupons, the will ponds, the will ponds, whatever you want to call them. I can't see their financial situation turning around anytime anytime soon. 
I don't see it either. I mean, you're being sued for. I mean, they're being sued for how many billions of dollars? Like a billion dollars? I mean, they might is just have to. You know, just, is it? Is it a trillion? I'm not really sure how much it is anymore. I don't know. I don't know. It's, yeah, let's ask Eric Bischoff. Maybe he knows. I mean, he, he's the man with all the answers, isn't he? Yeah, I think he's too busy worrying about the internet fans and what they're doing. Maybe he's worried about the Mets internet fans. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's us. Maybe we're the problem. You know, we should we should root for another team, and the Mets will start winning. But uh, you're listening, Kenny. We appreciate your your take as always, and of course, you're a valued member of our staff. We're still wondering when you're going to write your next article because that hasn't been you know it's been a while since we heard your your latest scam fest of an article. Well, I, well, I broke my hand and I went to visit this doctor over there. You know, when I was in New York last week, you know, right right there, right, right by the stadium. Real nice guy. He spoke no English, but, you know, he had a mess hat on. So, oh, boy. <laughs> Kenny, as always, sir, a pleasure. Yours, of course. Uh, have a good evening. All right, guys. Take it. Folks, that was the one and only Kenny. And from Kenny, as, we, as we're ready to close out this show, it looks like uh, – our alleged guest is is it actually going to call it in. And before we get to him, Joe, let me just say, at least we're not Cubs fans like Pyro. Just had to throw that out there. And now, as we uh, as we move forward, as time advances, I still have to do this. I I got to, folks. I'm sorry. All right, that's enough. Folks, we have Hans joining us this evening. Hans, where the hell have you been, sir? Sorry, guys. I was in church helping out, uh, talking to one of the the many youth uh, with some of his uh, issues. Uh, oh, you, probably are, you probably are the issue. That's why he needs to talk to you. Sir, we need to break this down. You're late. Next time, don't let it happen again. Tell that kid whatever his name is. Next time, I got a show to do. I'll talk to you later. As a matter of fact, you should tell that kid to buy one of our uh, pure gold shirts off the Internet. Aside from that, break it down. Give it to us straight. Since there's no way for us to discuss uh, Chloe prior to being a part of the Smallville Universe because she never existed, let's talk about Chloe. Break that down for us, sir. Chloe is... uh, Let me see. What's the best word I can use to describe Chloe? Scum? A nuisance. A bothersome in the show. She was a mixture of Lana and Pete, and she she was worthless. She took over Pete's spot after he left as Clark's one and only friend, and it was horrible because of their relationship, her always wanting him and never having him and having to settle for another superhero, which also never existed in the comics. So I thought she was a pretty... Pretty much she was a waste of a character, and they should have killed her off after the first season, alongside Whitney. Well, I mean, I I liked Chloe at the beginning up until the end. I thought she got tedious, and they finally wrote her off. What I always found odd was that Allison Mack, the actress, decided to leave Smallville in the last season instead of sticking around. Uh, Any thoughts on that, sir? Another moronic move by an actor or actress who thinks they're better than where they came from. Case in point, Lana or Kristen Kirk, who didn't want to appear on the show, didn't even want to bother watching the season finale of a show that made her somewhat semi-famous, and Chloe, who's been on there for for the whole time, one of the only actors or actresses that was there since the beginning, and she decides at the end, 
nah, I'm not doing it. Like, really, Chloe, really, this is that's how you're going to leave Smallville. I mean, so uh, what about you, sir? Give us your take. DG hit on like I don't know how many shows ago, but um, the Smallville, uh, the producers, the directors, the writers, they don't they don't know how to write out a character the right way, and um, I just thought that Chloe, another person like you said, another character that was all over the map. They made her, you know, want they, they made her want Clark at one time, then be friends friends with Clark, and then just you know has nothing to do with Clark. I mean seems like to me that another character that either they either wrote her the wrong way, which I think they did, or just didn't need her altogether, DG, after a certain season. I don't know after if, if, if it was after season five or six, but she became a character that was like uh, Hans said, a nuisance, I think. All right, let me ask you guys this question, uh, Hans, first. When do you think, I mean, I think we all agree they should have killed Chloe, but when do you think they should have killed Chloe? All right, honestly, if if I were to answer that, honestly, not the first season, but I'm thinking somewhere towards the high school career ending. Or, if not that early, somewhere where Clark is trying to make his decision about uh, being a hero or becoming the blur, somewhere around that point to push him towards that becoming a hero. Because Chloe was his best friend after Pete left. So if they killed off somebody that was close to him and he didn't save her on time because he was off chasing Lana or Lois or doing some other moronic emo-type thing, then that would have pushed him further into becoming Superman. I think, and maybe you guys agree with me on this, I think the perfect time to have killed Chloe would have been season seven. It was it season seven or maybe it was season eight. Um, when uh, Davis ended up being, um, you know, when he killed Jimmy, I thought that would have been a perfect point to kill Chloe instead, which would have propelled him to become Superman and, of course, would have kept Jimmy around and had made him the de facto best friend who, knowing his secret, and it strengthened their relationship and, of course, set up perfectly for the whole uh, Daily Planet and everything. What do you guys think about that? Uh, That's maybe you want to answer or? Yeah, I mean, that, you're right. That probably would be the perfect time to kill the character. I mean, instead of making up a, another, you know, that was the fake Jimmy, and then all of a sudden have a, another Jimmy show up, whatever, 10 years later, it made no sense to me. So He's you're identical right, identical twin 10 years identical. later, by the way. <laughs> Same actor, identical twin, all that BS. Uh, you're right. Perfect time to kill her was with Doomsday. Instead of having Jimmy get killed, the fake Jimmy, the real Jimmy, uh, would have been right then and there. You're absolutely right. What about you? I agree with you. That That is a pretty good idea. Uh, would have been the smart idea to do, but then again, we're talking about the writers of Smallville, so I don't think they know how to be smart or how to write stories. So basically, you guys both hate Chloe and wish she had died a long time ago. <laughs> that, that's the consensus, I believe. This is a guy that just came from church. Yeah, I know. He's just over here counseling youth, and he wants people to get murdered and assassinated. I don't know what's going wow. on. We need to, wow. we need to, we need to talk to the pastors to find out what's going on in that scenario. But moving on from that, you know, misery. Let's talk about another character, a big favorite of Hans's. Let's talk about the one and only Oliver Queen, aka Green Arrow, aka the fake Bruce Wayne on Smallville. Hans, please break that down for us, why don't you? You, you just hit it again. 
uh, the fake Bruce Wayne, a rich playboy millionaire who has his own toys, but in green instead of black. I thought he was a poor substitution for for Bruce Wayne or Batman, and he had honestly, for the few times that he was on the show, he was it was not good. He had some good storylines, don't get me wrong, but overall, it it was another waste of a character. They could have had, they could have really only had Bruce Wayne do that part. And not as much as they had Ollie, they could have had Bruce Wayne just come in and do special guest spots. But they didn't. Yeah. They, and they wasted episodes on focusing on Ollie and that stupid arrow or the stupid bow towards the end. I mean, I, I didn't like Ollie at all. What about you, Joe? The the only way I could summarize Ollie being on the show was he was a useless character because the way I see it is that he had in no way, shape, or form um, any influence on Clark becoming Superman at all. I don't think Ollie did anything w- or any interaction with Clark to help him become the man that he was supposed to be, which was Superman. So... Um, Bruce Wayne might have been a better fit if they, uh, I don't know why they didn't use Bruce Wayne, they just decided to go with Green Arrow, but to me the Green Arrow is just a character that they just threw in there and um, like I said, he had no real impact on Clark's life to become, you know, what he was supposed to be, which was Superman. Well, I agree with that, and he definitely didn't have much of an impact, and you guys are definitely negative Nellies today, but uh, the reason that they didn't pick uh, Batman was because apparently DC thought that we were too stupid to notice a difference. So, you know, with Batman, the movie Batman and this Batman, so they decided to go the Green Arrow route instead, and it didn't even make sense because Clark and Green Arrow were never friends. They were never really that close, or Superman and the Green Arrow, and it just kind of seemed like a waste instead of just having uh, Bruce Wayne there. And, of course, if they brought in Bruce, they could have easily brought in Diana Prince, a.k.a. Wonder Woman, oh, which, of course, is another failed uh, sitcom. <laughs> But aside from, uh, I'm sorry, a sitcom, I laugh when I think about it, another failed idea. But it seems like uh, the, the consensus here on uh, on Pure Gold is that Ollie sucked and Chloe was awful. And then, of course, they put the two of them together, which is great, uh, a big old mess, which didn't even make sense. But you know what? Aside from that, Hans, uh, you know, as we, as we close out because uh, time is advancing, can you give us uh, your ultimate – you know, breakdown in terms of of the two characters, would you basically just say that they both sucked? It, yeah, there's nothing else that, that can be said. They both sucked, along with the other JLA that they had appearing. I mean, if they were going to go with a superhero route and to have them as a buddy or uh, play off Clark and have some kind of comedic action going, they could have kept The Flash. They could have kept Cyborg or even Aquaman, any of those characters that were introduced earlier. And I think Flash had more interaction with, with Clark in the beginning, and that would have been a good character to have kept around. But, again, they dropped the ball, and Ollie and Chloe suck. Big well, I think, that, I think the whole thing with the Justice League was that they couldn't keep Cyborg around because he looked too much like Pete. So they had to kind of get rid of him. You know, can't have too many of, of uh, you know those guys on the show. But, um, yeah. you know, they had to get rid of him because apparently Smallville didn't have any black people. If you looked at Smallville, they were all white. white. I understand that it's Kansas, and, you know, there wasn't a Hispanic character to be found, and there was only one, you know, they can only have one black dude on the show at a time. But uh, aside from that, 
it just seemed like, uh, you know, they didn't know what they were doing with the whole Justice I mean, I liked the Justice League thing. I liked when they introduced the JSA with Hawkman and everybody. But what about you, Joe? What did you think about that? About the two actors? I mean, the characters, oh, the, I think. Justice League, yeah. uh, Justice League in general. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they did enough Justice League episodes. Uh, to me, there was, again, Smallville was mostly about teasing you. And I just don't think they used enough Justice League uh, shows to to make it, you know, a better storyline. I that's what I feel. <laughs> well, you know, of course, what you feel doesn't matter. But uh, you know, Hans, no. we appreciate you. <laughs> we appreciate you as always. You know, hopefully next time uh, we're gonna get into Pete and we'll be able to spend an entire hour talking about that. Um, but aside, we had to save the best for last, of course. But uh, of you course. know, Hans, again, we appreciate your 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 insight and your input, and of course, your negativity as always. It's a pleasure. Oh, you guys are are welcome. Thanks for having me on the show. <laughs> Another yeah. awkward goodbye. Of course, they have. If they weren't awkward, it wouldn't be pure gold, sir. Make sure you go out and buy the pure gold T-shirt because we expect you, as a part of the show, to go buy five of them and give them out to the kids at church after you beat them. Of course, them. they got to know what PG is. <laughs> of course, sir. Have a good evening. You too. And, Joe, before we close out, I just have one nugget that I wanted to mention. Apparently, Reggie Bush, well, not apparently, Reggie Bush is dating a Kim Kardashian lookalike. Now, I think Kim Kardashian is absolutely beautiful, a totally talentless woman who's done nothing in her life other than, you know, make a a movie, an inappropriate type of movie, an adult film. But uh, that's her claim to fame. She's done nothing else. I mean, I, I don't understand the reality TV craze. I don't understand what these people have done to become famous. Her father was was well-known because he was a defense attorney for O.J. Simpson. Her stepfather is well-known because he's an Olympic swimmer. But uh, you know what? I just don't understand. And apparently, according to uh, one of our previous guests, they, they like to think that Kim Kardashian has a horse face. I, for somebody who's in love with Melina, I don't even understand how you talk about that. But uh, speaking of horse faces, Joe, you remember uh, Dawn Marie from ECW? I, I, I don't know why. I mean... I, not that I ever agree with that, but that was always what uh, people used. To, <laughs> that's what people used to say about her. But aside from that, getting back to Kim Kardashian, I don't understand what this young woman has done to be famous, to be anything. She's going to marry Chris Humphries of the, the Nets, apparently. But Reggie Bush, I guess he likes that whole Armenian-looking, Hispanic-looking women with the dark hair and everything else. Because this girl, I'm not sure if you've seen a picture. I'm sure you have, and I'm sure you could care less, sir. But she looks just like Kim. What do you think about that, sir? Well, think about it, DG. He has somebody that looks like Kim Kardashian without the baggage of being, you know, uh, an adult, you know, filmmaker, okay. uh, being an adult being film. Being Kim Kardashian, you mean? <laughs> right. So, like, he's got the looks, and it's not the actual person. So, I think he's, you know, he's in good shape there because, you know, again, no baggage, but still has the looks of a Kim Kardashian. I think I give an A plus to Reggie Bush. Unless his football career is going nowhere. But, you know, so maybe his love life will go somewhere, sir. Right. JB, you know, any nuggets for us before we close this out? Um, it was interesting that I heard on the news, and I thought I'd mention it to the Pure Goal audience, that Jim Riggleman stepped down as the Nationals manager uh, midseason, which is always interesting. And the reason being is that they weren't going to renew his, uh, or they weren't going to pick up the option for 2012. So, that's a manager that just resigned today or yesterday, so it's always interesting to see that because that rarely happens, DG, when a manager resigns mid-season 
and actually tells you the reason why I'm resigning because they're not going to pick up my option for 2012. Um, yeah, I, guess I, don't, the guys I don't think I've ever heard that. As a matter of fact, I know that the Marlins just replaced uh, Edwin Rodriguez with the 500-year-old Jack McKeon. But aside yeah. from that, you know, it, it's definitely surprising to see those kinds of things there. When, and actually I heard on Twitter or I read on Twitter that there's a possibility that Davey Johnson may be taking over for uh, in the interim. Yeah, I mean, Davey Johnson will always have a special place in my heart for 1986, so I love Davey Johnson. Oh, of course. We we were big fans of Davey. <clears throat> but, folks, that brings us to the end of another wonderful edition of Pure Gold. <clears throat> Excuse me. Too much water here. Um, you know, as always, you know that this is the show that talks about sports, life, and everything in between. And we out of your home. Yes. And we appreciate you, our listening audience. We'd like to thank Pyro for joining us this evening. We'd like to thank Hans for joining us. Of course, we can't forget Kenny, who's a very valued member of this Pure Gold team, as uh, one of our regular callers from uh, from West Palm Beach. And once again, Pyro, let me just say that uh, Kim Kardashian is awesome, and you suck. Folks, thank you once again for joining us. Make sure you tune in next week, uh, Tuesday night, right, JB? Is it Tuesday? It's going to be Tuesday night, sir. Uh, Tuesday, uh, would you say it's... Uh, and we out of your home. Shit. Or is there a What's possibility that it's not... And we out of your home. Shit. <laughs> yeah, it's possibly that it, it, it might not be out of our home, so let's hope for that. Yeah, let's definitely hope for that, folks. So let's all keep our fingers crossed. Again, if you'd like to check out the amazing job that we did, or that I did, really, because it's pretty much all the credit goes to me, on our T-shirts, you can go to Zazzle. Then I hate, I almost feel embarrassed saying that name. Zazzle.com, Z-A-Z-Z-L-E, forward slash, DRG Design Shop. Of course, DRG Design is the wonderful company that created all this beautiful memorabilia, this beautiful merchandise. Folks, tune in Tuesday. As always, this is the greatest show on earth. For JB, this is DG of Pure Gold reminding you to... Oh, wait a second. Would you wait a second? Sir, we have a special guest on Tuesday, do we not? We do. We have a referee from the NWS, that's the National Wrestling Superstars, MJ, my good close, close personal friend from high school, MJ Mike DeVivo, better known as DG. Mike... I'm always right, Jones. <laughs> That's great. I have, I, mean, it's I have to admit, I, I love that name. That, that, that should be a wrestling name, but I have to admit, I love uh, Mike, I'm always right, Jones. And he's going to be joining us, and he's going to talk about some of the shoulders and the people that he's met throughout his uh, illustrious career at the NWS. And you can check them out online. They've had pretty much a, a veritable who's who of folks who've, who've you know, been – in the ring that in matches that he's refereed, guys like Kurt Angle and, and you know other people that he can talk to us about on Tuesday. But that's sure to be a classic interview, just like our interview on Tuesday with uh, our special friend, the IWF American Champion Flex Freeman. Folks, make sure you check out the IWF this weekend. And that's it. I'm done. No more of this, folks. Tune in Tuesday. Check us out for JB. This is DG of Pure Gold reminding you to always keep it. P-A-G. Good night, everyone. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChumpaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.